What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, weekend preview for college football. Let's get into it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Top Notch Odds, great online sports book. TopNotchOdds.com. Put in promo code SHARPEDGE for any deposit. Get up to 200% of a deposit bonus with uh, some of the best rollovers you can find. TopNotchOdds.com. All right, so every single Wednesday, we do a college football preview. I play back a portion of College Football Weekly. It's a show that I'm on with uh, Will Chambers, so let's waste no more time. Get into that right now. All right, week 12, kicking off with Indiana on the road at Penn State. Penn State 14-point home favorite right now. This Penn State defense, everyone's talking about they're only allowing 12 points per game. That's good for fifth in the country. and they, So they have an elite defense, right? Only one problem. The two teams they've played on their schedule that are in the top 50 in scoring, Minnesota and Michigan, both were able to score on them. They both put up well above average. Minnesota, of course, scored 31. Michigan put up 21, All almost all in the second half. The rest of the teams on their schedule that are – that they played, which is why everyone thinks that Penn State's got this elite defense. Buffalo, 74th in offensive scoring. Pittsburgh, 111th. Maryland, 75th. Purdue, 95th. Iowa, 97th. Michigan State, 106th. I think their defense is not as good as advertised. And guess what? Guess who's ranked in the top 50 in offense? Indiana. They're 34th right now. The Hoosiers. Uh, Look, their starting quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., he did leave the game with a season-ending injury in their last game. But backup quarterback Peyton Ramsey, he's got a ton of starting experience. He started games in 2017, 2018. He's come in in relief for Penix this year and done very well. He's got uh, he's completing 72% of his passes, nine touchdowns, only three interceptions. And the Hoosiers had an extra week of prep. They had a bye week while Penn State was playing a tough game in Minneapolis all the way to the last second. Indiana is 7-2. and two. They're having their best season in decades. They have a very winnable game against Purdue at the end of the season. So you can bet they're going to try their hardest to upset Penn State here. And if they do that uh, and they and they get that win against Purdue, that's a nine-win team. That, that, the first, that would be the first time they could get to nine wins since 1967, Tyler. I think the Hoosiers are underrated. I think they can keep this one close. And I think they have a real shot at an upset win. So I like taking Indiana with the points, plus 14. Side note, also, the over-unders at 51. I like the over in this one as well. I think both teams are able to score points here. Yeah, you mentioned that bye week. That, to me, is the biggest factor in this handicap. Indiana's been able to move the football, and I think they will. I like the over as well there, Will. Uh, Both teams, good in yards per play. Indiana, 6.21 yards per play. Penn State, 6.29. So they're pretty similar. The one thing that kind of stumped me and made me hesitate, you look at the, the history. Last 10 games, Penn State's won nine of them. But against a spread, 5-5. Five and five. So if I get an Indiana team who's a little motivated, I think we've got a good line here and some value. Coming off the bye week, I think they have about a comparable coaching staff. I've lost a lot of my faith in what the Penn State coaching staff has done, not just this year, the last couple years. When James Franklin first got hired, I mean, he was good at first, but then remember he, lost, he almost lost his job a few years ago, and he either beat Ohio State or Michigan, or there was some big win at the end of the year. It was Ohio State. Ohio State blocked, to save his job. Kick, yeah. Without that, he would have been gone then. I have never gained enough 
to really consistently bet on Penn State week in and week out, and I obviously went against them last week, I'm going to go against them here this week. I think Penn State wins this game. I don't think there's too much of a hangover, but you start putting in all the factors, 14, 14 and a half points is just way too many to give an Indiana offense who will be able to move the football. I think they're going to pass the ball. They're throwing for just over 300 a game. They're throwing it for about, I think they're throwing it like 40, 41 times a yeah, game. Yeah, it's a lot. They're airing the ball out. So I think Penn State does get exposed a little bit here, give some points up. But I think they're, they're able to fight back, and I do believe we see a high-scoring matchup here. The 14.5, though, give me Indiana. All right, so we both like Indiana plus the points and the over. Yeah, and the, and the line's moving towards Indiana early. This opened up 16.5 and, and the early money coming in on the Hoosiers. Okay, fair enough. Next up, we won't spend too much time on this one. Ohio State, minus 52. Why did you put this in the outline? I'll tell you why. So there are <laughs> minus 52 at Rutgers. It's not look. This isn't going to be an exciting game to watch, and there's I don't have a ton of data for you here, but it's pretty simple. Ohio State, I think, is the best or second best team in the country right now. Rutgers is not. Rutgers sucks. Ohio State just beat Maryland by 49. They continue to cover the spread at an unbelievable pace. I get it. This number is huge and very scary. 52 points is a lot, but look at the history between Ohio State and Rutgers. Ohio State's blown out Rutgers in all five of their meetings since Rutgers has joined the Big Ten. If, let's just say we take this 52-point number and apply it to the last three years. The Buckeyes would be 2-1 and one in those three games against the spread. And the only time they didn't cover, they won that game by 49. And Ohio State, they're averaging 54 points in the five meetings with Rutgers. The Scarlet Knights have only scored three points in the last three games combined against Ohio State. And mind you, I think this Ohio State team is, is the best team Ohio State's had in the last three years by far. I'm taking Ohio State. They're not afraid to run it up either. We just saw in that game against Maryland last week, they were up 14-0 early, and they did a fake onside kick to get the ball back, and they ended up blowing out Rutgers, or excuse me, Maryland. So I know this number is crazy, but there's now been two times this year where I haven't taken Ohio State because I've been afraid of the big number, and guess what? They covered both times. I'm done with it. I'm, I'm going to continue to make money on Ohio State until they show me they can't do it. Want to bet? Would you like to bet on it? No way. This is a bet uh, board game. It is. It's You're going to take game. Rutgers. I'm going Rutgers. I love this. Plus 52 and a half. And this all has to do with Ohio State looking ahead to Penn State the following week. After they play Rutgers, they go on or they host Penn State the very next weekend. And I think that Ohio State could get up a ton this game. But the second half, they rest their starters. They, they relax. They know they're going to get the win. And here's the thing also. At this point, the committee is clear. Ohio State's the best team in the nation. They're going to be looking for separation against Penn State, against Michigan. This game is a write-off for them. I think, honestly, I think Ohio State could win this game 31-7 and nobody bats an eye. They don't drop in the rankings. Nothing really happens. There's no incentive for Ryan Day to run this thing up. And I think they're going to get a healthy lead. I think they pull their starters early in the second half and probably put up a goose egg. I think they score six points in the second half. You know, I think that they're so far. I think it's like 42 nothing. I think that or for Ohio half, State to score six points in the second half, they'd have to be right. kneeling Th every that's play. That's a ridiculous <laughs> and a very specific prediction for me to have. No, but I get my, what you're my saying, My point though. is, I think they're up so much in the first half, 41 nothing, something like that, they completely take their foot off the gas, maybe give up a late touchdown. I think Rutgers doesn't even have to backdoor. I think Rutgers stays in this thing and covers the 52-and-a-half primarily because Ohio State looking forward to next week and arrest their guys up. This is a huge number, and the public is on Ohio State. Now, everyone is saying uh, pretty much Ohio State's good, Rutgers is bad. I know this is a huge point spread, but, Will, every time I see 52.5 with an over-under of 61.5, 
If I can just get that touchdown out of Rutgers, I think I've got a good cover here. So it's a bet board game. I got Rutgers plus 52.5. I love this. I can't believe this one ended up on the bet board. It so, did. Okay. We'll see if I can get a win or if Tyler's going to continue the landslide or head-to-head wins. Landslide brought me away. <laughs> nice. Thanks. Uh, Thanks <laughs> next up, Minnesota going on the road to Iowa. Minnesota, they just came up. They're undefeated. They're in the top 10. Or, yeah, they're ninth, right? Isn't that what we found out in the playoff they're rankings? They're ninth, yes, sir. They're in the top 10, and they go to Iowa, and they're underdogs? What? Iowa, three-point favorite at home to Minnesota. Trap game. This line reeks. Minnesota, uh, look, they're, how are they underdogs here? We talked about this exact situation when Penn State went to Iowa earlier this year. It's a very difficult place to play at Iowa. Iowa loves to be in this spot when a top-ranked team comes to their stadium undefeated, ranked in the top 10, and then you look at Minnesota, maybe a letdown spot for Minnesota after their win against Penn State, too. Iowa beat Minnesota last year in Minneapolis, 48-31, and they've also beat them four years straight. So this one's a little tough to read, I think. Uh, I, I think there could definitely be a revenge aspect for Minnesota, and Minnesota should be the better team here, but this is a line that seems too good to be true with Minnesota getting the points in the road. I think the whole world is going to be betting Minnesota as underdogs here. I don't know anyone who's going to be on Iowa at this point, so buyer beware. Like I've said it before in previous shows, when I see something that seems too good to be true, I jump on it anyway, and I'm doing it again. I'm taking Minnesota plus three, and I'm scared as hell to do it. I'm saying it's a trap game anyway, but I can't help it. I'm not, I can't. I can't in good conscience pick Iowa here. Yeah, this is a runaway and hide for me. I, I don't feel confident in this at all. Um, I looked. I would be looking to fade Minnesota actually this week. I mean, I wanted to play Iowa, and if I were forced to play a game, if I were forced to make a pick in this game, it certainly would be the Iowa Hawkeyes. They're playing at home, very tough to... And I never want to make too much about strength of schedule. I think that there's way too much about who teams have played, so on and so forth, but Iowa is battle-tested against very, very good teams. They should have beat Wisconsin last week. I don't think there's anything that Minnesota is going to do that's going to confuse Iowa. I think Minnesota having the bye week before the Penn State game was a big reason they were able to construct a great offense. You mentioned the two incompletions last week from uh, uh, Minnesota's quarterback. Yeah. That that was the game plan. That was the coaches putting that 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 those players in a great position to succeed. I think with a week, you can't do that, especially going on the road with this great, I think, underrated defense. So I lean Iowa minus the three. I don't want to make it a bet board game because I really think there's an aspect of we still don't know how good Minnesota is. For yep. that reason, it's a pass for me, but it's a lean with the Iowa Hawkeyes. Yeah, I mean, all that kind of makes sense for why you'd see this number because I think most most the average fan would have looked at this game before and you would have guessed, oh, Minnesota's going to be favored for sure. And that's why I think that everything is taken into account with this number. And if you think the number's right, by definition, you shouldn't be betting it. I think this number's probably about accurate. But again, too many things unknown for Minnesota to me. They could be much better because here's the thing. I always say to everybody, you know, don't get caught up with the logo or the name. That's what's happening to me with Minnesota. I know I had them last week, but it's tough for me to keep writing them. They could be a lot better than we think they are. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe if this line moves, like, would you jump on Iowa if this line moved closer to no, two? No, or? no, this is a total pass for me, man. I don't feel confident one way or the other. Okay. I, I just don't. Fair enough. Pass for Tyler. I'll take Minnesota. I'm scared, but, uh, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. So... <laughs> Um, so brave, Will. <laughs> Next up, Georgia going on the road at Auburn. Georgia, a three-point favorite. hey uh, This one, probably the game I had the hardest time getting a feel for. And to be honest, I'm still a little torn. 
you could probably convince me this game could end with either team winning a low-scoring game, winning in a shootout, or winning in a blowout. I think. See, no, you don't. You don't think the same. No, I think the only way Auburn wins is if it is low-scoring game. I think if it's high-scoring, the higher-scoring game you get, the more it's going to benefit Georgia. Interesting. I think that Auburn wins this with their defense controlling the clock. And I, I like Georgia this game. Minus okay. the three points. I think Georgia makes a statement here. Now, I do think that if, if we're talking high or low scoring, we do get a lower scoring game. I think both defenses here are the main part of the handicap. But Auburn has kind of skated by this year, had some very close games. This is where I think they get exposed, and Georgia gets the win. So three points to me, certainly value. You have the push option if they only win by the, t- the, the uh, field goal. Give me Georgia here, minus three points. And you know what? For everything we've been talking about, I want Auburn to win this game. You know, because I want the loss that Oregon has early in the year to look better and better, but I just think Georgia's going to be too much. I'll take the uh, dogs, minus three. Yeah, I mean, uh, the the total for the game definitely is indicating what you think that it'll be low scoring. It's 44-point total. That's pretty low, uh, especially for two high-ranked teams. Yeah. And look, they're both they're two really good teams. Georgia's 8-1 and one and still has the path of the playoff in front of them. Auburn's exactly. playoff and you know SEC hopes are basically done, but they can still play spoiler to a team like Georgia or Alabama. And... I mean, I don't know. You look at Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs. This is kind of their last really big game where they can make a statement to the playoff committee ahead of the SEC championship game. And it still doesn't feel like we've seen the best version of Georgia yet. See, that's the thing is Georgia still has more left to prove, both X's and O's on the field. And like you said, they're playing for a playoff spot. Plus, Will, when you look at both defenses, I think that Georgia clearly has a top three defense in the country. And I think that Auburn has a defense that's in the top 10, but Georgia's is one notch better. And you look at also the fact that Auburn has scored 20 or fewer points in three of their last four SEC games. Everything yeah. just kind of adds up to Georgia through the course of 60 minutes, I think, will pull away. Well, I'll tell you why I'm torn, because Auburn had the bye week to prepare. And the one good thing point. the one thing we know, look, that you mentioned, the Tigers' defense may, might not be as good as Georgia's, might not be the best in the country, but it's one of the best in the nation. I think, it, I think you're right. I think it is top 10. Their defensive line is loaded with NFL guys. And to me, the question becomes, can Georgia run the ball? Uh, with all the turnover at wide receiver from last year, the Dogs have they've had to lean heavily on their run game to sustain a productive offense. DeAndre Swift is a complete stud, but I'm worried that Auburn is just going to have a game plan to take away the run and force Jake Fromm to beat them through the air. And look, he can do that, but am I going to bet on him to do that? I'm not so sure. I don't feel super confident about picking either team here, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm not the professional game one on the pod, so I'm not afraid to give out a pick where, uh, where I'm not <laughs> confident. And my gut is telling me Auburn. Uh, they're a home underdog with the extra week. So this we'll throw let's, this one let's on the bet board, too. Board. Let's Another do it. Board game. I'll hey, take I'll Auburn plus three. Want to bet? What? Would you like to bet on it? That's two. Will, what's going to happen this week is you're just going to get hungry to, <laughs> to change that record. And I'm going to end up coming in here next week eight and one. You're gonna you're gonna have me desperate. You're gonna, you're gonna, where's yes, the money, Will? Exactly. You're gonna break in my legs. Give me the money, Will. Or I'm gonna have two big wins and be right back in this five and three, maybe mm-hmm. more. We'll see what happens in these last <laughs> couple of games. I highly doubt that. We'll see. Thanks to uh, show sponsor Top Notch Odds, topnotchodds.com, wonderful new sports book, and they have so many different options for so many different sports. I know on this show alone, throughout the week, we're talking football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, pretty much everything uh, that you can imagine. We're adding, by the way, a uh, Basketball Tuesday every Tuesday now, going to be talking some NBA, 
or college, so on and so forth. And if you're looking for a place to bet on all these different sports, topnotchodds.com. Hundreds of bets for every sport, every game, and uh, lots of great live betting options as well. Uh, check them out online, topnotchodds.com. Enter promo code SHARPEDGE and get to up to a 200% deposit bonus with great rollovers. Some websites, they give you these deposit bonuses and it takes you a year and a half to play to, to get your money out, actually, because it's like a you know 20-time rollover, 25-time rollover, 15-time rollover. It's small rollovers with uh, uh, topnotchodds.com. So check them out online, topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. Next game up, Oklahoma versus Baylor. Oklahoma, 10-point favorite on the road at Baylor. Undefeated Baylor. They host the great Sooners of Norman, Oklahoma. Both these teams, by the way, were very lucky to get away with wins last week. I think this game will be fun to watch because I think there's a very good chance we see these guys in a rematch for the Big 12 championship game in a few weeks. Baylor, they might be undefeated, but even still, they're kind of flying under the radar. You mentioned it, Tyler. They're, what, 13th in the playoff rankings yep, yep. at 9-0 and in a Power 5 conference? That still kind of means they're flying under the radar. They're ranked behind Oklahoma despite being undefeated. I think most people see them as over overachieving a bit, and maybe this is the game against Oklahoma where they turn back into a pumpkin. But losing to Oklahoma is one thing. Losing by double digits at home is another thing. I mean, how many times do you think an undefeated ranked team this late into the season has been a 10-point underdog at home? That's that a very good question. I, I, I don't imagine it happens often at all. Yeah. I mean, look, I find it hard to not see value in Baylor here, especially when you look at how Oklahoma is playing at this point in the season. They lost their top running back, Trey Sermon, to a season-ending injury last week. I know he actually had less rushing yards than Kennedy Brooks, another running back, but Sermon was really the guy there in the backfield, and that's a big loss. But to be honest, they weren't doing a good job of running the ball and handing the ball off when Sermon was healthy anyway. The Sooners, they've struggled in the run game this year. They've had a lot of turnover at offensive line from last year, so they've relied heavily on Jalen Hurts to run the, run the ball. And I don't think this game will be much different. I think if the Sooners want to make long drives and score a lot of points, they're going to be forced to throw the ball early and often, which I think plays into Matt Rule's hand. The Bears, the Baylor Bears, they've been very solid against the pass this year. Opposing quarterbacks completing just 58% of their passes for just over 200 yards per game. And then you look at Oklahoma's defense. It's kind of fallen off a cliff from where their hot start was in the season. They've given up 40 or more in consecutive games now to Kansas State and Iowa State. And the pressure is on Alex Grinch to fix things if Oklahoma wants a shot to make the playoff. I think Baylor can score on this team. I think they definitely keep it close at home. And Oklahoma better be careful here because uh, if they play like they did the last two weeks, they could lose. So I'm taking Baylor here plus 10. I don't have a strong opinion on the spread here, but this is my favorite teaser option of the weekend. If, you, if the line moves from 10 to 9.5, now you can get Oklahoma with a seven-point teaser down to two and a half. Yeah. That's a max advantage teaser. You're going through seven and three. So if this line moves to nine and a half, Oklahoma as a teaser, seven-point teaser, would be one of my favorite teaser options of the weekend. So if you have any other games you like out there, I would put Oklahoma minus two and a half in any teasers. But the caveat is this line has to move from 10 to nine and a half. I'm not so sure it does. If so, that's my favorite teaser of the weekend. All right, fair enough. Next game, Michigan State going on the road to Michigan, the battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Michigan, a 14-point... What did, what did Paul Bunyan do? Like, what's he famous for? <laughs> well, he's not a real person. He's a what oh. you would call a myth. 
Paul oh. Bunyan? Remember Paul Bunyan's I have no ox? idea. I have he's absolutely a giant. no idea. You don't, is, is it, no, you don't it, remember Paul like, Bunyan like, from like, like the Bugs Bunny the, cartoons? No, man. He was a giant. He was like a. He's a. He's a. Kind of like the guy he's with like the hundred foot tall. Yeah, I mean, it, he'd be similar. He would, you know, he'd okay. be the same size as the giant. I thought he was like a real dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he, like, like founded. Oh, Tyler, Michigan. so nice. I know, right? <laughs> he founded Michigan. <laughs> yeah, he's a founder of Michigan, man. He's like a. A beaver trapper. I should have just let you think that. I should have been like, no, you don't remember President Paul Bunyan? You know, seventh president after uh, James Madison? You'll have to excuse my friend. He's a little slow. I don't know, Don. He was founder of Michigan. It is big in the Midwest for some reason, though, because I know there's another Big Ten rivalry match. It's Wisconsin and someone else, and they play for Paul Bunyan's axe. But what about, like, Bunyan's? Like, it's not like a nickname for, like, like something, like... I'm gonna put my bunions on. It's not on. a nickname. Bunions is like a it's a medical condition you get on your feet. <laughs> yes, you get you get bunions is on your feet. Is that what? Yes, Tyler. Well, maybe it's oh. named after Paul Bunyan. Oh. Maybe, maybe he used to walk a lot. Sweetheart. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he used to walk a lot through like the woods when maybe. he was beaver trapping. Oh, he certainly wasn't taking a car because this took place a long time ago. He had an ox that helped him plow the fields. Ox Bunyan's in. Ox. ox in. Oh. Plural. I said he had an ox, mm. so I wasn't really misspeaking mm. there, Tyler. <laughs> Tyler, I think you're digging yourself a hole. Maybe <laughs> you just quit while you're behind, okay? <laughs> I want, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research here. I'm gonna prove that you Paul Bunyan was a real dude. Okay. Uh, anyway, back to the game. <laughs> Michigan, 14 point favorite at home. This number does seem a little high when you consider how close some of these games and this rivalry have been recently. And typically, you you know you can throw the records out when these two play each other. These teams really hate each other. Uh, everyone talks about the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry, and there's no doubt that there's hatred there, but there's actually a little bit of respect between the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry. There's almost none of that with Michigan and Michigan State. These guys really don't like each other. And then, you, I mean, look at the trajectory of these two teams. It's in complete opposite directions from the beginning of the season. Michigan started out really struggling. They're kind of hitting their stride now. Michigan State's lost four straight. Uh, they gave up that 21-point fourth-quarter lead to Illinois last week. Their defense has completely fallen off. The offense is terrible. Brian Lewerke can't complete a pass. He's completing just barely over 50% of his passes. And I get the feeling that Mark D'Antonio has lost the locker room there. Um, Interesting stat with this game, too. The home team hasn't won this game in five years. So in the four years since Harbaugh has shown up, the away team has won this game every single time. Two and two. Uh, But I think this is the year that Michigan gets it done at home. I'm taking Michigan to cover, and I think this Jim Harbaugh, he, this might be the fatal blow to D'Antonio's coaching tenure at Michigan State. I think Michigan could really blow them out. I don't see how Michigan's going, Michigan State will be able to produce points. I think Michigan will be able to score in this Michigan State defense that has proven to not be as good as everyone thought. And on top of that, Michigan had a bye week to prepare for, for this game. So they have the extra week to prepare for a rivalry game. You know that Harbaugh is going to come out with some kind of game plan here. He really wants to shut out this Michigan State team. They almost had a shutout last year. Michigan State only managed 94 yards of offense last year against Michigan. The one touchdown they got was because Michigan fumbled inside their own 10-yard line, gave them the ball right there in the red zone. I think this could easily be a blowout. I could see Michigan winning this game uh, 35-14. to Okay, so I looked it up, and Paul Bunyan was based <laughs> on a real person here, Will. So, let me read this but to you. not a real person, the true, just to be clear. The true story of this iconic figure is a little more complicated. Historians believe Bunyan was based in large part on an actual lumberjack, Fabien Fournier, <laughs> a French-Canadian timberman who moved south and got a job as a foreman of a logging crew 
in Michigan after the Civil War. How do you get Paul Bunyan out of Fabian Fournier? Those are not similar things <laughs> at all. <laughs> Fabian Fournier sounds like uh, he sounds like a like a musician. Yeah, like, it does. Yeah, like, yeah, like he, he would have a he would have a song with Michael Bolton or something like that. Michael Bolton featuring he'd have a Fabian so, he'd Fournier. have a song with uh, who's the guy on Seinfeld who won't have sex with Elaine? Oh come on. Uh, uh, and he's he's he hot and heavy. Remember that guy? No. Oh, Seinfeld fans right now are. Uh, um, Who are you talking about? I don't know why I'm blanking on this. Hot and heavy. I know you're not talking about David Putty. David Putty. No, what's gladly has sex with Elaine. No, uh, John Germain. John, you know, yeah, yeah okay. John John Germain. Huh, he's the sax player. Yeah, that's right. Hot and heavy. <laughs> so anyway, let's get to the Michigan game. Um, I think Michigan is going to blow Michigan State out, and okay. it's for it's for one reason. Uh, Paul Bunyan, actually, it ties into my handicap pretty well. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, Michigan State, for the last couple of years, when you look at the data against Michigan, the last couple of years, and this is what I talked about earlier in the show, Michigan's always run this pro-style offense. I think that Dan Tony thrives when he sees offenses that he knows. It takes so much game planning away from Dan Tony having to scheme new things for, for every week. Now that Michigan has this different system, what we've seen this year is Michigan State's very one-dimensional on defense. So as long as Michigan uh, Michigan State's one-dimensional on defense, so as long as the Wolverines can find a way to run the football, which I think they will, this is going to be a blowout. I think Michigan wins at home. I think that also Jim Harbaugh having a little bit of incentive. I know he's won before against Michigan State, but I believe he wants to run it up this year against both Michigan State and Iowa State. Now, or uh, Ohio State. And we'll talk about the Buckeyes <laughs> when we see get if there. We can do that. Exactly, exactly. But this is a big opportunity for Harbaugh. And it may actually help that Ohio State's so good this year. He sees this as this is the rivalry game. We can definitely win. I see a blowout here yeah. from, from the Wolverines. So. Yeah, this would you know make him 3-2. and two. Finally, he'd have a positive record against uh, Michigan's rivals that aren't Penn State. Penn State being the only kind of big team that he has a positive record uh, since he's, he's joined. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, you look at Michigan State, they're giving up a ton of points. They've given up 30 or more for five straight games now. And uh, that's just not what people expected with Michigan State. I mean, even in the in the press conference this week, Mark D'Antonio was actually saying nice things about Jim Harbaugh, which is something that it's, uh, is totally foreign. I mean, this guy's losing it. It's almost like he knows the writing is in the wall. Maybe he's leaving. Maybe he's given up. He said that he thinks Jim Harbaugh is a Hall of Fame coach. I can't. I, I a year ago, I never would have imagined he'd say something nice about Jim Harbaugh. I think maybe he sees the writing on the wall here. Maybe he knows that it, you know his time in East Lansing is coming to an end. Look, I also wouldn't be surprised in this game to see Michigan State come out strong early, and it's a close game right. in the first half, and then Michigan blows them out in the second half. I'd be interested to look at that second half spread too, which would be probably right around like six and a half. Uh, I think there's a good chance Michigan could pull away in the second half. That's kind of how the game went last year. It was a close game in the first half. But either way, I, I don't see any way that Michigan State wins this game, to be per- perfectly honest with you. Uh, you got to give D'Antonio credit for you know the success he's had in time there at Michigan State, but... It does feel like things are coming to an end. They don't have the talent on the field. The coaching isn't working. I like Michigan here. Does it concern you at all that Michigan is 1-7 against the spread their last eight games coming off a bye week? Uh, so so showing that Jim Harbaugh doesn't do nearly as well as some other coaches in college football with that extra time. Yeah, a little. I mean, look, they, they haven't been a good team against the spread in general the last few years under Jim Harbaugh, and I think a lot of that is the you know hype and public opinion and lots of people betting on Michigan because they know the name and they know Jim Harbaugh. Um, and it is a big number, you're right. But still, it, I think this is 
it, it has a little bit to do with how Michigan is doing in the bye week, but I think it almost has more to do with just the state of the program for Michigan State right. and how they're doing. They're really looking terrible. More so. a fade of Michigan State than a play on Michigan, yes. but still take Michigan Absolutely. minus 13 and a half. Yep. I'm with you. All right, cool. And last but not least, I'm only going to touch on this one for a minute. Alabama at, Mich- at Mississippi State. They are a 21-point favorite. I think Alabama blows them out. I think everyone here is going to look at Alabama, who just lost and gave up a ton of points to LSU, and maybe say, oh, this will be a letdown spot. They're they're not going to show up against Mississippi State. The only problem is that Mississippi State has been terrible. They've been blown out by a lot of really good teams this year, uh, giving up a ton of points. Uh, I, I don't I don't see – I know they're coming off a bye here. Uh, uh, Mississippi against, State. Yeah, Mississippi State's coming off a bye here before this Alabama game. But you look at – their schedule, I mean, they gave up 49 points to Texas A&M. They gave up 56 to Auburn. What is this Alabama offense going to do them? I mean, we saw what Alabama, what the offense did, even with an injured Tua who might, might not be playing. Once again, I don't think uh, that there's a good chance that Tua plays here. I think he looked pretty gimpy after the game there against LSU. But even still, this is more about even with Alabama's backup, a 21-point number is really not that big when you consider – uh, the two teams here between Mississippi State and Alabama. So I'm all over Alabama here, minus 21. Yeah, I actually am too. I think this has to do with the history of Alabama, Mississippi State. The Crimson Tide had just shut down Mississippi State the last couple of years. Last year, they won 24 0. Uh, I think this defense shows up. I, I believe Alabama takes their frustration out on Mississippi State this week, gets the big win, and I don't think 21 is too much at all. Now, Alabama is 2-5 and five against the spread their last seven against SEC opponents. So when they're playing in conference, things have not gone great for Alabama, but I thought that doesn't matter to me this game. I think they win. Again, take their frustrations out. Uh, that 2-5 and five against the spread, how many of those were coming off a loss? Right, I would be willing exactly. to say almost none of them. So yeah. Alabama has the motivational edge here. I think they win big. Yeah, and Nick Saban, look, it, it'll be easy enough for him to motivate his guys here. He can easily look at them and say, hey, we lost to LSU. We still have a real shot to get in this playoff. we got to continue to to beat the teams in front of us, blow out the bad teams, prove to the committee that we still deserve a chance. You know, Whether they do or not is up for debate, but that's what he can say to them. I think he'll still have them motivated. So you and I are both like Alabama there. Yeah, I mean, look, again, last week was a lot of people say that could have been Alabama's season but I don't think Nick Saban's going to let that affect his team other teams maybe a letdown after that kind of a loss I don't see that happening with Alabama with Nick Saban that coaching staff give me the Crimson Tide minus 21 yep all right we're both on it all right well that's all that's all the games we got all right guys that does it for this week's show hope you enjoyed that and good luck this weekend we'll talk to you tomorrow on the sharp angle